0: Uh, Sunday I began a, a series of teaching with uh, the title The Journey to Maturation. It is the journey that the Lord takes us through in order to bring us into a state of maturity, into a state of completeness, and um, He uses various means uh, in order to accomplish that. The word maturation is the process of reaching a state of full or advanced development. Or, it is the process of maturing or of reaching spiritual maturity, and that's what we're talking about. And last Sunday, we talked about that one of the ways that God matures us is by taking us through the wilderness, And I'm going to give once again a brief definition or explanation what the wilderness is, the biblical wilderness. First of all, I'm going to give you five explanations. The wilderness is a season which is appointed by God for our spiritual development. Number two, it is the season of testing of our faith. James chapter 1 and verse 2 says, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various tests and trials. For when your faith is tested, your patience is being worked on. And when we allow our patience to develop, we come to a state of maturity or completeness or steadfastness. Number three, The season of wilderness is a season where we feel God's presence is very far from us. It is a season where God is endeavoring to wean us from relying and trusting on our five physical senses. In other words, we don't feel that God is with us. We feel far away from God. We feel uh, dry as though God is so far from us. And yet... He is very close to us, and in fact, He is within us. But He is endeavoring to teach us not to rely on our physical senses, our feelings, but to rely on His promise. His promise is far more trustworthy than what our feelings uh, say. Because God gave us a promise, I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you, even if we don't feel His presence. So, it's a, it's a period where God is endeavoring to help us and teach us to trust solely on His promises and not on our physical senses. Number four, the season of wilderness is the season where God's promises seem to be like a lie. In other words, God promises us one thing, but our experience is quite opposite of what the promise is. There is a contradiction between what we experience and what God's promise is. So it is is that time where we, we, we begin sometimes to question, Lord you promised me this but I'm not experiencing. So it's a learning process. There again God is teaching us to walk by faith and not by our own physical, natural circumstances or experiences. And number five, the season of wilderness is a season where sometimes other people will begin to question your calling and even uh, your relationship with God. Are you in the will of God? Are you sure you're not doing something wrong? Are you sure you're not stepped outside of God's will? This is why this whole... This situation or these things are happening to you. Well if we go by our circumstances whether we are in the will of God or not then the Apostle Paul was never in the will of God because he experienced challenges, he experienced persecution, he was stoned almost to death, he was shipwrecked and all of those things and yet Paul was in the very center of the will of God. And make no mistake, When you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness, he will oppose you. He will try to frustrate you, to challenge you, and to bring various circumstances or situations in your path in order to distract you or to discourage you or disappoint you. Because he is the God of this world. Uh, That's what Jesus said. So he has authority over the natural physical circumstances. And so that is uh, briefly what the season of wilderness is. But primarily, it it is a time for our spiritual growth and development. I believe the primary goal of every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ is to bring forth much fruit. And by bringing forth much fruit, we bring great glory to our Heavenly Father. But in order to bring much fruit, for the kingdom of God. We need to be uh, mature in the Spirit. We need to have developed in the things of God, in the things of the Spirit. And make no mistake, spiritual maturity has nothing to do with time. You can be a believer for many years and still remain as an infant in Christ, or as Paul calls it, a carnal believer one who is governed by his physical senses rather than being led and governed by the Spirit of God. So time has nothing to do with spiritual growth and maturity. It has everything to do, though, with obedience. Spiritual maturity and growth is tied to constant obedience to the Word of God. That's why the book of Hebrews chapter 5 says... That by reason of use or by reason of practice, those who practice the word of God constantly have developed to an extent where they are able to discern between good and evil. And so that's what we talked about last Sunday. And if you recall, I mentioned to you that when God takes us into the wilderness, being led by the Spirit, just as Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the evil one. When he takes us into the wilderness, he gives us everything that we need to make the journey successfully into our promised land. And last Sunday, I mentioned that he gives us a map, He gives us a guide, and then he gives us instructors so that they could instruct us in our way. And I am sure you recognize by now that the map that God has given us is the written Word of God. In the Old Covenant, they didn't have the Word, but God gave them Moses. Moses was the map. He would lead them. In the way they should go. But in the New Covenant, God has given us the written Word of God. Without the map, we will never be able to make the journey successfully. That is why it is vitally important that we study the map. We don't just read it. We study the map. We meditate on the map. And we know exactly where and what and and how We should do things. Another person calls the Bible the constitution of the kingdom. Now, in Psalms 119, verse 133, our map says, Direct my steps by your word. Direct my steps by your word and let no iniquity have dominion over me. How are we to direct our lives? By studying in detail the map that God has given us. Psalm 119 and verse 05 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Notice the phrases or the words the psalmist uses in in referring to the word of God. He says, your word is a lamp. What is a lamp's purpose? It is to give light so that we may know which way to go. And then he says, it is a light, a lamp and a light to my path. Furthermore, Psalms 119 verse 30, the entrance of your words gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And finally, one more verse concerning the Word of God, Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. The Lord had instructed Joshua to take the people or the nation of Israel from the wilderness across the Jordan into the promised land. And there there were many enemies, many kings that they needed to conquer in order to possess the promise that God has given them. And he gave him one instruction. He could have given him so many other instructions, but God gave him this one single instruction. And he said to him in chapter 1, verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night. In other words, study the map. Know where to go, know what to do, and how to go about doing it. Meditate in the map day and night so that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. You see here God gives us the means but it is up to us what to do with what God has given in order to make our way prosperous and in order to have good success. We, we choose the path. We make our way prosperous, not God. God will only prosper you if you follow the instructions that the map has given us. You see here, no one, I believe, can make the journey to a state of maturity or to the promised land without the map without the written word of God. We just cannot make it. I cannot tell you how many times the word of God has been a comfort, an encouragement from disappointment, a blessing, a direction, an upliftment when I needed it the most. The psalmist said, by the words of your mouth, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyer. What a beautiful verse. By the words of your mouth, I've kept myself from the paths of the destroyer. The psalmist asks, How, with, how can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to your word. I believe one of the primary causes of spiritual malnourishment and stagnation is the neglect of the written Word of God. When we don't give proper recognition and honor to the written Word of God, we will never grow, we will never develop. Peter says, desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. Amen. So as we feed on the Word of God from day to day, we grow, we develop. We gain understanding. We are reprogrammed in our way of thinking, in our perceptions. The second thing that God has given us is a guide. In the Old Covenant, the guide was the presence of God, a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. When the cloud lifted in the Old Covenant, the people had to break camp and move where the cloud was leading. In the new covenant, the cloud and the pillar of fire is the person of the Holy Spirit living, coming to live inside of each and every believer. He is the perfect guide. Jesus called him. Let's see what he called him. John 16 verses 12 through to 15. Study these verses. Know what the ministry of the guide is. And honor him, recognize him, fellowship with him, build an intimate connection and relationship with the guide. Because without the guide, you will never be able to read the map. Even though we have the map, we need the guide to explain the map. We cannot do neither without the map and without the guide. We need both. Jesus said to the disciples, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he calls him the Spirit of truth. He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. John 14, verse 26. Jesus is speaking of the Holy Spirit once again. He says, but the helper, he also calls him the one who helps who comes alongside to help, to guide, to teach, to comfort, to correct, to instruct. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all things that I say to you. Not only does he teach, but he also reminds He brings to remembrance. What does he bring to remembrance? The things that Jesus taught and said. I've experienced this many times. I've misplaced my keys or something. And I would say, Holy Spirit, help me to find. And you know what? It could be the next day. It could be the next hour. I have an impression to go look somewhere. And there it was, my keys. He brings to our remembrance. So if you have a problem remembering things, trust the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit say, please remind me, help me to remember what I've learned. Help me to remember this or that. And he will help you because that is his ministry. That is his function. But we need to rely, we need to trust and depend on him for him to do this. So as you see here, Jesus said the Holy Spirit is our guide, our personal teacher, our helper, our comforter. He's the one who helps us pray in accordance with the will of God. He also gives us utterance to pray in our prayer language. Another primary cause, I believe, for spiritual immaturity or stagnation is the lack of proper recognition and honor where the Holy Spirit is concerned. In other words, we don't acknowledge Him enough. We don't honor Him or rely on Him or depend upon Him. And this is an area where in the wilderness we need to develop our reliance upon the Holy Spirit. Trust Him to give you utterance. Trust him to guide you in the way you should go. Trust him to show you things that you need to know. Amen. And he also gives us instructors. Now, in the New Covenant, or rather in the Old Covenant, the instructors were the teachers, or the elders that stood alongside Moses and they taught the people the precepts, the principles, and the law of the Lord. He said to Moses, You choose faithful men who are worthy of honor, who are not greedy, who have a good report, and appoint them over fifties, over hundreds, over tens, and over thousands. Now, who are these instructors in the New Testament? I believe the instructors the Lord has given us is the fivefold ministry gifts which Jesus gave to the church and we see here in Ephesians chapter 4 verses 11 through 14 Paul the apostle refers to this ministers of the gospel and he said Ephesians 4:11 through to 14 and he himself that is Jesus gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers, for what purpose? For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, or to a mature man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we should no longer be children or infants in Christ, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. These are the five instructors the Lord has given to the church The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, or the shepherd, and the teacher. And listen, we need all five of them. Not one person has all these five gifts in him. Amen. This is so vitally important. That's why I say to you, I cannot teach you everything. I don't know everything. But that is why so often I refer you to this ministry or to this minister or listen to this teaching or this teaching because they carry something that you need for your spiritual growth and development. I am not threatened by other ministries. I am secure in who I am and what God has called me to do. I know my strengths, but yet I also know my limitations. And that is why it's important And there's nothing wrong in referring you to a recognized ministry for you to receive impartation and teaching from. And I'll give you a brief testimony. I was in Masvingo. I was about two years old in the Lord. I had a a divine hunger to grow in the things of God, Uh, a tremendous hunger to develop, to grow. But my pastor was my same age, just finished out of Bible school, and he knew not more than what I knew. And so every Sunday, we I would hear the same thing over and over again, milk, milk, milk. And I started to cry out to the Lord. I said, Lord, I need more. I need to grow. I need to develop. I know you have a call on my life. And after much prayer, it happened that my pastor went to South Africa to one of the conferences that were held in Rhema Bible Church many years ago in the 1980s. And he came back with certain tape teachings and he handed them out to the church in certain pamphlets. And when I got hold and he distributed them among the members and he gave me a couple of these tapes, it revolutionized my entire understanding Together with the teaching, he handed me a brochure. And as I was looking at this brochure, the Spirit of God spoke to me and he said, I want you to join this chariot. The Lord was leading me supernaturally to connect and hook up with this ministry so that I could receive the teaching, the nourishment, the equipping that I needed in order to grow and develop and step into my own ministry. Well, we had one Christian bookstore in Masvingo, and the missionary who started the bookstore was a very good friend of mine. So I went there, and then I showed him the brochure, and I ordered every single series of teaching on that brochure. Within a matter of weeks, he shipped them over from the United States. My goodness, that was my Bible school. I literally chewed those teachings day and night we used to have those uh, we don't have them today we call them walkmen don't know if you any of you remember them and i put my head my headset on even while i was in my office at the at the supermarket and i would listen to those teachings over and over and over and over and over, and over again again for hours teaching on faith, teaching on prayer, teaching on intercession, teaching on divine healing, teaching on divine prosperity. Within a few months, my spiritual engines were roaring to go. I was full of the Word. I was full of faith, and I was ready to step into my ministry. I grew, I developed. Why? Because I hooked up to the right ministry at the right time and I received what I needed to receive. My faith was built up. I was edified. That is why it is vitally important. I'm not saying that you would get on the internet and listen to whosoever. Be very careful. There are many out there that, that, that are false prophets. They're not teaching the whole counsel of God. That could lead you astray. That's why you need to check with your shepherd. Your shepherd knows. Pastor, I'm listening to this teaching. Can you discern this man? Well, we will. We will test it. We will discern. I can name a few, but probably you won't receive because the people I receive from, most of them now are not with us. They're gone to heaven. Derek Prince, uh, Bob Mumford. Um, uh, Kenneth Copeland uh, Kenneth E. Hagen the people who teach on faith and, and other people and I, I I was blessed my spirit bore witness this is what I needed you find your own but make sure you choose the right people now that I mentioned this John Bevere also I've received a lot he's a prophetic uh, m- ministry to the body of Christ One of his, I've read almost all of his books and I've studied them. The one book that that stands out for me, that has blessed me tremendously, and I recommend it to you, is called Victory in the Wilderness by John Bevere. Growing Strong in Dry Times. So if you're going through dry times, please get hold of that book. It It will bless you tremendously. Another devotional that uh, when an elderly lady of about 90 years of age in uh, Newport, Ritchie, Florida, heard that I was struggling with my eyes with this uh, disease that I've been diagnosed. She was praying fervently for me. And her name is Joan. She's a very good friend of Anna Spiros. And she went to the bookstore and got me The Healing Power of the Holy Communion by Joseph Prince. I must tell you, I found tremendous encouragement by reading every day a chapter of this meditations on Holy Communion and taking communion every day. It has blessed me and encouraged my faith tremendously. So I also recommend this to you. And just now, we're going to have communion together. Now, folks, this is what I wanted to share with you today. Remember, the map, the guide, the instructors. You must know who your shepherd is. Amen? And you must recognize the people whom God sends into your life to minister to you, to impart truth to you, or certain element of which your faith is lacking. Not one man has everything. And so that we can grow up, we can mature, we can step into our promised land and bear much fruit to the glory of God. It is the will of God for us to grow, to develop spiritually. It is not the will of God for us to remain babes in Christ, governed by our five physical senses rather than by the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's why Paul, when he went to Corinth, he said, I I, I could not speak to you, I could not address you or minister to you as I wanted to, and I could not give you solid food. What is solid food? The hidden wisdom of God. The mysteries of the kingdom of God. Because, he said to them, you're still carnal, you're still babes in Christ. You cannot receive it, and I can't give it to you. So God desires for us to develop so that we can receive the mysteries and the revelations of the kingdom of God so that we can prosper, so that we can be overcoming whatever we face in life and bring forth much fruit for the kingdom of God. Having said that, I want to share one of these mysteries of the kingdom of God today and um, I'm going to take my scripture reading from the book of 1 Kings chapter 17 and we're going to read from verse 8 to verse 16. Once a year we receive a special praise, thanksgiving offering to the Lord. Every December we do this. It is our custom. As you notice, we don't harp on money every month. You people have been taught about first fruits, about tithes, about offerings. You don't have to be remind you every week or every month. We do that because it's part of who we are. It's part of what we do. But once a year, every December, we receive a special praise offering. And this offering specifically goes to the ministry team in order to bless them with a bonus or what they call a 13th check. Now, This is not something that you have to do. It's a free will offering. But I want to share with you a mystery that not many believers, they may know it in the head, but they don't practice it. They don't understand it. In other words, they have not received revelation on it. Here is a situation where there is major famine in the land. Three and a half years there have not been a drop of rain in the nation of Israel. Now his prophet Elijah is instructed by the Lord to go to a certain place in Zarephath to a widow. Let's pick up from verse 8. Then the word of the Lord came to him, that is Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and he went to Zarephah. And when he came to the gates of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. As you can see, she had no faith. She said, this is our last meal. We're going to eat it. We're going to die. That's not a declaration of faith, is it? So Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first, bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which He spoke by Elijah. Now, when Elijah said to her, Yes, go and do what you say, but me first. Put me first. And I, you know, sometimes the natural man, the carnal mind questions, what kind of a selfish person is that? Me first. Who does he think he is? Here, uh, this is my last meal, and he's asking me to put him first and give him the first portion first. How can he be so unsympathetic? Doesn't he know what I'm going through? I'm going through a famine. I'm going through a lack. I don't have enough for you and for me and my son. But what did Elijah knew that the widow didn't know? He had inside information. Elijah knew his God. He knew the ways of God. He understood how God operates in seasons and in times of famine. And because he had a revelation, he instructed her to put God first by putting the man of God first. He says, you feed me first, and God's supernatural power will come into your lack, into your situation, and he will take care of you until the Lord sends rain and abundance on the earth. Well, here is one of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. When we honor Him, when we put God first, when we put the servant of the Lord first, the ones who come in His name, when we make their needs our need, and when we put the kingdom of God first, the Word of God says, all of these things shall be added to us. Well, God would honor the faith of the widow, and Elijah knew that. That's why he said to her, me first. He was communicating a mystery, one of the principles of the kingdom of God, in order to invoke the supernatural provision of God into her life. And God communicated with her, and God honored her faith and provided for her. And I say this is one of the mysteries that not many in the kingdom of God understand or have a revelation over. So it doesn't matter your financial situation and this is specifically for people who might be going through a difficult time financially. Remember that your source is not your job. It's not your employer. It's not the church. It's not people. It's God Almighty. Let us honor Him. Let us look back through the year, how God has brought us. Yes, we may have faced many challenges, many trials, but the Lord has brought us through. He has worked certain things in our lives which are far more precious than temporary things. You see, we need to value what God values. And we need to honor what God honors. Amen? So let's give thanks to the Lord, then we go into communion. Thank him for his word, thank him for what he has provided for us, thank him for the written word of God, thank him for the Holy Spirit, thank him for the fivefold ministry. He's given us everything that we need in order to grow, in order to develop, in order to mature, and to bring forth much fruit to the glory of God. So Heavenly Father, we thank you today. We thank you for the map. We thank you for the written word of God that unveils the living word of God. We thank you for the precious Holy Spirit, whom you have sent to live within us, to guide us, to lead us, to teach us, to comfort, and to help us in all hours. You, O Lord, are an ever present help in times of need. Thank you for the fivefold ministers the very gifts you placed within the house of God in order to instruct, in order to equip, in order to train and to develop us to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. We appreciate you for all of these wonderful gifts you've given us and we have every reason to succeed and to make the journey without being discouraged, without being distracted, without falling prey into the wilderness, but to make it to the promised land so that you may receive the glory and we may reflect Christ and Him crucified. Thank you, Father. We thank you for the Word. We thank you for your Spirit. We thank you for your 5 ministry. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message.